Uh, one day, my 10-year-old daughter, my daughter Jacqueline back then, came home one day and said, hey, mom, mom's friend Amy makes a ton of money selling real estate. You should get a real estate license. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Went to bed that night. Next That's morning, awesome. I woke up. First thing on my mind was, hey, I should look at getting my real estate license. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. It's good to have you here. It's good to be on. I have a great guest for you today. I love when I have someone on the show that's talking about something that is universally uh, valuable. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. We're in real estate, but this guy could speak to anybody about what he has to talk about, and that is sales, guys. Our business, I don't care if you're a landlord, if you're a wholesaler, if you're a flipper, if you're something else, you need sales. Sales is part of what you do. Sales is part of life. And so having a guy who's an absolute expert salesperson on the show is huge. And I hope you guys really understand how important it is to have sales uh, mastery in your business. I have on today's show, David Hill, who is a leading expert on telephone prospecting. Uh, he has over 28 years and has worked as a salesperson in numerous industries and depended primarily on the phone to make his sales. He is a he was a team leader of Keller Williams. He has a podcast called The Path to, Ma- the Path to Mastery and a best-selling book called The Sales Playbook. Uh, I had a great time talking to David. He is incredible, dropped some great wisdom, some op- absolute gold bombs, and I know you guys are going to love this. So get your notepads out, get ready to write because I give you the sales guru, the sales expert, David Hill. Hey, David, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you joining us here. Uh, very cool to have you on. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, man, thanks. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you inviting me. Awesome, for sure. Now, let's let's give people a better sense. Obviously, we, we gave them some of the highlights in the beginning, but let's give them a better sense of who you are, what your background is, um, how you got into all the things you're into. Like, how did where did you start, and, and what got you into this world now, and, and how did you kind of find your way uh, into this uh, sales, you know, sales guru, sales master, sales expert? How did you become that? Yeah, man. Thanks for um, asking. I started uh, literally. I, I I remember. I'm going to go way back. So as a, as a 17 year old, I saw an ad that said basically make a ton of money uh, working part time. It was like, I don't know, it was like a hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. back, you know, at that, that was like a billionaire, right? When, yeah. you're, when you're 17, making a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I called and they, they said, okay, come on down. And I ended up going to this um, little call center at Webster Square, Worcester, Mass. And uh, that was where it all started. I, I ended up calling for, uh, they had Kurt, it was a Kirby vacuum cleaner call center. So basically what I would do is I would, I would literally just call the list they gave me and they gave me a script and I'd call and try to set up appointments for people to have somebody come to their house and give them a demonstration on this uh, $1,500 <laughs> vacuum cleaner back then. And that's where it all started, you know, and I started there and I did that for a while. And I was somewhat effective with it. I, I didn't love it, honestly. I ended up going and working for um, uh, it's it's now Chase. Years back then, it was MBNA America Bank credit card company. Okay, that was when it that was when it was legal to take credit card applications over the phone okay. or to get people to agree to it. So I was calling a lot of people, and same thing, list script. Um, I had a ton of success with that, 
Um, but I'll tell you, I, I honestly, I was there for, I don't know, about a year and I did not feel, I don't know. I just felt like some of the people that were agreeing to take applications, it didn't feel right. You know what I mean? It just, although they were saying yes, and I was raising my hand and they were coming over and the guy was closing, it just didn't feel right. So I left, I went into publishing and uh, I went to work for a magazine in 2000, uh, I'm sorry, 1986 or something. I don't know, going way back. <laughs> and I sold advertising. That's how I, I, you know, literally called telephone books. I called uh, other trade magazines. I went door to door. I went business to business. Um, you know, I had accounts like back in the day, I had AT&T, Verizon, Sherwin Williams. I mean, I, I would go to these big companies and, you know, get into their media departments and that I just cold call and, and get them a media kit. And I, so I, that's where I started. And in 2002, uh, one day, my seven-year-old daughter, uh, I'm sorry, 10-year-old daughter, my daughter, Jacqueline, back then, came home one day and said, hey, mom, mom's friend, Amy, makes a ton of money selling real estate. You should get a real estate license. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Went to bed that night. Next that's morning, awesome. I woke up. First thing on my mind was, hey, I should look at getting my real estate license. Got my real estate license and, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. Listed seven homes my first month with four sale by owners, built a team, closing over 100 houses. We were doing 95 to 110 houses a year for years. Became a Keller Williams team leader. So I recruited a couple hundred agents into KW and actually recruited for Gary Keller personally. My last seven months at KW, I worked with Gary calling independent brokerages around the country. And uh, then I just, uh, for for a lot of different reasons, I chose to leave um, Keller Williams. And now I'm at uh, EXP and um, love it. And here we are today. So, so that kind of gave you everything, right? No, that's <laughs> good, man. So yeah. was your daughter 10 when she suggested that you go into be a real, be a, a realtor? Is that, was she 10 yeah, then? Yeah, 10. So she's 27 now. So I've been wow. in real estate just around 18 Does she years, know what so an impact that you she had on your trajectory? I mean, she does she aware that she started that? Um, yeah, I've told her many times. She just smiles. <laughs> I can't get her to jump into real estate. But she would She would be amazing, but yeah. she does, doesn't want anything to do with it. She's a school teacher. Okay. Likes being a school teacher. And, yep. I got a, so, I got a yeah. daughter the same age as school teacher. Same thing. It's funny. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So how much of your sales skill, how much of the, the you know, sharpening that sales knife do you attribute to those early years, beating the bushes, cold calling, door knocking, all that kind of stuff? How much did you learn in that time? I would say I learned resilience. I'm not. I'm not sure there was. It was. I wouldn't tell you there was this great training program because it really wasn't. It yeah. was like here's here's your script and just make as many contacts as you can and you'll find somebody. Um, but it it it, it created resilience yeah. and it also, you know, it, it helped me um, uh, be able to deal with a lot of rejection, to not let things like that take it. Take, you know, me take that stuff personal. And it's helped me over the years. I mean, you know, it's a, I wrote a lot about it in my book. And in chapter three, we talk about call reluctance. And, you know, I think that's an area that's probably helped me more than anything else is just the ability to, um, in sales, not take things personally. Mm. Um, just go into it from a place of, uh, listen, I'm just trying to help you to achieve whatever goal you have. Um, sometimes I can do that. Other times I can't. And if I can't, then, Hey, I, I, you know, that that's, that's it. I'm going to move on to someone else that I can help. And I think it took years to get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think it all started, you know, uh, when I was young and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see with a lot of salespeople, um, is, you know, they're so worried about, um, you know, fear of call 
reluctance or fear of rejection or they don't want to say the wrong thing or they're so they, they need to look be right and yeah. look right and I think that's that's a mistake that a lot of salespeople make. So is is uh, what do you call call reluctance? Is that is that basically the the resisting the need to, to make those calls? Is that what it is? Or like I know you talked about thick skin and kind of that don't take it personally, but what is the reluctance yeah. part? Yeah, I think I mean call reluctance is just it's it's what we call the the it's really a mindset, right? It's it's it's, I, it's not a tangible thing. It's more of a it's like the mindset. So I have. You know, I know in the morning that if I want to be successful, all maybe all I need to do is talk to five people today. But yet, my mindset's going to tell me, "Oh, that little voice that we all have." You know, the little voice. Oh, Everybody I know the little voice. The, yeah. the little voice that just said, "Hey, what's that? What little voice? That, you know, that little voice." So, but the reality is, we all we psych ourselves out so much. Like, oh my God, well, what if I say the same thing? Or, 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 or what if I don't know what to say? Right? Is, is a form of car reluctance or you know, there's, there's also fear of rejection or, or, you know, well, geez, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to get rejected. And, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, like, it's just that, that, that mental, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of the right words for it. It's just, it's just that what we, we do it to ourselves, you know, we're yeah. so concerned with not being, you know, right or not looking good. And another form of car reluctance, frankly, is, is fear of, of um, success. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes people do things and you have success at it. And maybe it was a lot harder than you thought. And like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to do that again. So yeah. you you kind of stop, you put the brakes on. Um, fear of rejection is the biggest by far. Um, there's lack of role acceptance is another one. You know, somebody has their MBA, um, yet they're cold calling and they're thinking like, geez, I, I, you know, I, I went to college, I, I got yeah. a you know, degree here, but yet I'm calling freaking <laughs> for sale by owners or I'm yeah, calling, yeah. you know, homeowners to see if they'd be interested in selling their house. Like this is, this is below me. I mean, that, that's another example of car reluctance. So this, it's, it's a mental thing Yeah, is really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's maybe a weird question, but do you think that salespeople are, are born or are they created? Can you become a great salesperson if that's not something that you have any background or maybe it's not your natural tendency, someone who's a reluctant salesperson, can they be great? Or do you think it's just you're, you kind of are born with it or you're not? Uh, it's a good question, Mike. Um, I would say uh, I would. So from my experience, and I've, I've brought a lot of good salespeople into, into the real estate world and a lot of really, really highly successful people. And I've also brought in a lot of people that, that failed, that weren't able to do it. And so what I've learned over the years is the P I, I don't know that you're born a salesperson or not. I wouldn't say it's, it's not like, you know, you have a baby and, and I think, I think I heard Zig Ziglar say this years ago, like, Oh my God, I've had a listing specialist. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a joke in real estate, but it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I think, I think it's, um it's really a matter of, are you willing to, to, uh, to get, you know, outside of your, your thoughts, be comfortable, um, and just do some of the things that are, that I'm sorry, be uncomfortable is what yeah, I meant to yeah. say. And do some of the things that, because in sales, if you're going to be good at sales, you have to be proactive in some capacity, right? You know, uh, unless you're just, uh, uh, you know, somebody that just deals with incoming yeah. calls and sometimes that's fine. But in, in real estate, um, in wholesaling, which is something we're looking at, you know, now um, you have to be calling people. You have to be talking to people. You have to yeah. be reaching out to people. Yeah. And a lot of times you're reaching out to people that 
you know, they're not sitting there waiting for you to call. They may be doing something else. You're, as a matter of fact, a lot of times we're an interruption. So we really have to be on point. Yeah. So to go back to your question, I would say it's, it's conditioning. Um, but you need somebody mentally tough and, and, you know, going back to the car reluctance thing, I think it's really important that if you're the type of person that can't get beyond your own ego and beyond you not looking good and you being right all the time, I think you're going to struggle in sales. I'm not the type that's going to say, well, you've got this great personality and that's why you're great at sales. Because I know a lot of salespeople that are phenomenal salespeople and frankly don't have really good, big personalities at all. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're yeah. really, good, really good at sales because yeah. they're purposeful about it. Yep. Yeah. I, I have found, you mentioned a couple of times like fear of this and fear of that. What I've noticed about the salespeople that I've been around that are really good is they're not afraid of rejection. They're not afraid yeah. of some, you know, there's a guy that my partner in my business, he always says one of the best things about uh, good salespeople is they're not afraid of being uncomfortable. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, for us, I, we do a lot of wholesaling. You mentioned that you guys are looking at it now. We do a lot of wholesaling. So sometimes we're in the home and, and we have to, you know, eventually you've got to kind of tell them what it is you could pay for their house or what you're willing to pay. Yeah. And it's usually lower than what they were kind of hoping. And that's an uncomfortable thing to say. So his, his thing is I make more money by just letting there be very uncomfortable, awkward silence and letting wait until they talk, tell them yeah. what you have to tell them and just, and just be quiet and wait. And people's tendency is to fill you know, that dead space to sure. fill that empty space. And he's like, I've sat there for what felt like minutes just waiting and the silence is horrible, but the, a good salesperson realizes that and they can do it. Right. And a lot of, most people just can't, they're just like, Oh my gosh, that was so uncomfortable. I don't ever want to do that again. I, I mean, I, when I started my company, I, I had to do sales cause I was the only person in the company and I was adequate. I was okay. Like at best. <laughs> so I wasn't that great. And it wasn't until I brought in a really good salesperson that I realized the difference between adequate, okay. And really good is tremendous. And there's a lot of difference in the revenue when you have a really good salesperson. Oh, um, so it made me realize and, and really respect the difference of having really good salespeople as opposed to people who are doing it because they kind of have to, you know, which was what I was doing. Yeah. Even as the owner of the company, I had to do it. Wasn't great at it. So that, that all being said, um, what is it about when you were building your your brokerage, when you were building that and you were kind of growing, what what do you think? Because I've talked to people who tried to build, you know, a team and it just didn't work. Like, what do you yeah. think you did well that allowed you to build that team and have that success early on? <laughs> it's going to sound interesting. Uh, I would say. I, you know, I, a lot of a lot of failure, man, a lot, a lot of um you know, a lot of people coming and going. I made a lot of mistakes, but I didn't give up. I would tell you that's probably the thing more than anything else that, that made me successful with my team was the fact that I didn't stop. I didn't say, forget about it. This doesn't work. And yep. I've seen far too many agents, you know, they say, oh, they get all pumped. They're going to start a team. They're going to hire some people. They hire some people. They're not the right people. They don't have nearly the same work ethic as they do. They don't, <laughs> they're not committed. They get frustrated and they just say, this doesn't work. And then they just say, forget about it. And yeah. they don't build it. And I would say the difference between me is I just kept, kept say, okay, this person's not, you know, clearly they, they are not, they're not motivated. So I'm going to go find someone else. They're not motivated. Okay. I'll find someone else. So now I realize, okay, I got a motivated person, but you know what? 
I'm just really not that great of a leader. So now I got to work on my, my leadership skills. Yeah. I got to become a better leader and I got to learn how to understand people and what their goals are and how to help people to, yeah. you know, to, to, to not just, even if you find somebody that's motivated, you can unmotivate them, frankly. Yeah. And I, I've done that in the past too. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of, yeah. lot of things, Mike, I think it's, it's finding the right people, but then also being, the, being the right leader, yeah. um, you know, and I think that, that, that's going to be the key to, to that. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Like you can get really good at whatever it is it takes to start and launch your business. But as soon as you start bringing people on, you, you kind of sometimes go from being the person doing the work to the person leading, training, motivating, like you said, and being a really great, you know, realtor, a, a great salesperson in any capacity doesn't necessarily make you a great leader. You know, no, it's like a skill close. you have to you have to then acquire in, in that skill. And I think, you know, people put a lot of time and energy into learning to be great at the operation side of it, like the, the technician side of it. And then, like you said, I've done the same thing. I brought people in that were motivated and I've crushed them because I was sort of jerky to work for. I didn't mean to be, but I just yeah. thought like, you know, go do it, man. I'm paying you like, go get it. Right. And it's like, not everyone's motivated by that kind of, that kind of motivation. So it's just like kids, right? You have kids, each of your kids are probably motivated differently. They have things that you can and can't do to make them feel like they want to do something. So it's just learning those skills as a leader is a whole different ball game. So, so true. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's a great point. I think people forget it, you know, like for me, just tell me what you want and I'll do it. And some people need to be yeah. shown more of that. And some people need to be led a little bit more than that. So that's huge. That's really huge. So you mentioned, and you, you, you held up for a second, your book, uh, the sales playbook, what made you want to write a book? Why, why write a book and why write that book? Um, yeah, it was an idea I had for years and, uh, frankly, I just hadn't got around to it. And finally I, a friend of mine is uh, Jarek Robbins is a, is a good friend of mine. It's Tony's youngest son and you know, him and I coached for a little bit and he, you know, just talking to him, it was one of the things that was there that I had not, um, uh, you know, uh, implement. It was one of the things I just wasn't, wasn't doing. I, I'd write a little bit and then I, I would stop, wouldn't write again for months. Right. Yeah. So he actually, Jarek wrote a book called Live It, which is a, a fantastic book, by the way. And he set me up with his uh, ghostwriter. He ghost wrote his book and ultimately hiring that ghostwriter and, you know, and, and writing that big check was, was what helped me finish the book, you yeah. know? And the reason why I wrote the book is because it's, it's all the things we've talked about today. It's everything that's helped me to become successful and my, my purpose in life. And again, this comes from coaching with Jarek is, uh, is inspiring, inspiring millions. You know, yeah. that that's my, my vision to, uh, you know, I inspired people by sharing powerful life experiences. So what I can do is share all the experiences I've had. And if that can help somebody and in many, many ways it can, then I can help you become a better person or a better version of yourself. So yeah. The writing the book was was giving my blueprint on hey here's eleven strategies so that you can become more effective at sales and that's that's ultimately what the book's about and yeah. you know, now as we talked about earlier um, I'm doing a rewrite I just bought it back from the publisher so it's not even on Amazon right now they took it down and we're doing some rework so I'm, uh, I'd say about thirty days it'll be back up 
on Amazon with okay. a 2.0 version with a new chapter. And I'm super, super excited about that. And I own the right, so I can do whatever I want. With it. <laughs> That's I can it. Share yeah. chapters. I can do all kinds of really cool it, stuff. It's now good to own your own work for sure. And by the way, when yeah. you're saying 30 days from now, as you're listening to this, it is on Amazon guys. So we will Thank have you. published so there's this. my accountability right there too. Now. There, oh yeah, that's right, yeah, man. People so. are going to be looking for it. The sales playbook. Um, so make sure you check that out. David Hill, the sale, the sales playbook. Um, okay. So let's talk about this. You, you, uh, in my notes here, uh, you talk about the, the hidden gold mine in your pocket. What is the hidden gold mine in your pocket? What does that mean? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, well with the, the, uh, the context of it for the book is this is, is we're talking about this thing right here, right? The, the cell phone. Yep. So yes. So that is the hidden gold mine in your pocket. And most people, um, aren't going to pick it up and, and be proactive with it. So that in the context of what you just said, um, there's another gold mine though, is, is it's not just the phone, but it's, it's, uh, it's all these, see this right here. When you I want everybody to go into your phone and go to your, your contacts list. And then what I want you to do is I want you to click on the contacts button and then you can scroll all the way to the bottom. So everybody do this right now. Pick up your phone, hit contacts, and just keep scrolling all the I'm way, doing it. all the way, just like this. Now, what does that say at the bottom? Mine says 5,972. What does yours say? Jeepers, creepers, not that. It says 658. Okay, great. So you have 658. Mine are probably a lot of weird stuff. And <laughs> all these people I've talked to over the years that I just put their number in the phone or yep. cab ride, Cabo, whatever, all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff, right? But the reality is those are, that's the gold mine. All those people, and I'm, and I'm out of these people here, I, I probably have relationships with at least a thousand of them. Yeah. Yeah. Half of them I haven't talked to in ages. Right. So going back and, and, and getting those conversations started again, checking in with those guys. Yeah. How the heck are you, man? How you been? Jeez, I haven't talked to you in years. What are you doing? Right, right. Right. How can I help you? Like what do you what are you what business are you in now? What can I do to help you? Right. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, it's that's, that's it. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Like, oh hey, I got my license. Do you wanna want to hire me for real estate? No, you just, you don't need to even say that stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, it's so true. It's, it's such a powerful thing. People use it to, you know, play angry birds or whatever, candy crush. And it's like, you're right. It's right there. And it's, it's something that people are constantly have their face in They're constantly have their eyes on. So, so for many people hide behind text these days too, man. Yeah. So, so you're, you're saying you're calling them like you're actually like calling them. Yeah, I, I call a lot. I, I do text as well. And I also do a lot with uh, Facebook now. So yeah. we're doing more of that, just being proactive. But I think a lot of people do hide behind text. Yeah. Just, I think text, uh, I think the best, the best form of, you know, communication is, is like, per, you know, me sitting across from you live. Yeah. But I would say this right here is the second best. Yeah. Right. Because we can see each other. Yeah. Right. I can, I can see your, you know, your expressions. I can yep. see, I can really, pay attention to your, your facial gestures, everything. Yeah. The next is going to be the telephone because we have the, the you know, the verbal, the, sure. the audio, we can, we can hear those intricacies. Yep. Text, you're not getting any of that at all. And no. the same thing with email, right? It's, yep. As a matter of fact, text is even worse because it's so short. And then what happens <laughs> is our interpretation of what they're saying yeah. comes into play. So if I just had an argument with, I don't know, maybe my wife and I just had a disagreement or something. And then all of a sudden I get a text from somebody that's that can show up in a way i yeah. perceive that or read that text 
Yep. Yeah. And it's funny, people, you mentioned the the shortness of text. It, you know, my, I have daughters and, and one son, but I, my daughters will text me something like, Hey dad, you know, you should do this or whatever. Like, Hey, this is, and I'll write back, I'll just write the letter K and hit send. Cause I hate texting. And they'll mm-hmm. be like, next time they see me, they'll be like, why, what were you mad about? And I was like, what do you mean? I wasn't yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just wrote K like that sounds like you're mad. Yeah. It's like, it's just the interpretation of these small little, and, yeah, yeah, you need emojis. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I am not trying to be rude, but I'm telling you, I'm going to just great type the letter K. I'm going to do it again. So just know I'm not mad. Um, well, you know what, Mike? So in, that's a great point. So set those expectations yeah. ahead of time, yeah. you know? So, Hey, here's how I, Cause I'm the same as you. I, I like as short as possible, but <laughs> yeah. I let people know, Hey, listen, this isn't personal. Yeah. I care about you. Um, it's, it's just efficiency. That's yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I think that's great. Very cool. You, you mentioned getting into wholesaling. I'm just curious. What, why, yeah. why do you want to do that? What's the, cause you're, you're still, you have your brokerage with EXP you mentioned. Um, yeah. and for me as a wholesaler, <clears throat> it's, it's sort of the anti- realtor route it's it's you know a, a lot of realtors aren't huge fan of wholesalers because they feel like they're taking some of their business so how do you marry those two and why did you decide to become a wholesaler or have that in your arsenal yeah i i would say um i've always been a a uh, a realtor that has been a uh, i've always adju- adapted to what's happening in the market and I think that there's going to be a change. Um, in 2008 and nine, I was doing REO business. We, we killed it with REO. As soon as the market shifted, we start, I started contacting banks. I started, you know, getting in with these asset companies and it, it, and it was huge. And then we went into short sales in 2010, 11. I was the number one short sale guy in my area. Um, and I just feel like, um, wholesaling is, is probably going to be, uh, one of the next, uh, shifts, I think, in real estate or evolutions. And yeah. the other thing is, you know, I think there's uh, if you if you follow what's happening now and call me crazy because nobody's really talking about this, but there are uh, millions of people right now that are that are three months behind on their mortgages. There's millions of people that are filing for unemployment. I I, I could be wrong, but I hear like weekly. No, so the 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 thing is, everybody's focusing on right this moment. Yes, right this moment, inventory is low. Houses are selling as soon as you put it on the market. The, the challenge with everything that's happening now is in real estate, it's a lag. What's happening now shows up a year from now. Yep. So that's part of the reason um, I like wholesaling. And another part of the reason I think it's a fantastic model. I, I wish I, I, took a, I took a course last year. Um, I paid somebody $2,500 to teach me how to wholesale. I went, it was, it was effective. It was cool. But then I, then I took a course with uh, Kent Clothier. I'm sure you know who he is. And then he showed me the real way to do it, um, <laughs> which was which was actually smart because the first time I learned, what I learned was I went and I found all these potential sellers, and then I had to go find a buyer. Clint was Clint uh, Kent was the opposite. Yeah. And you may maybe you yeah. you have something else to add to this, but Kent said no. What you want to do is you want to find the the buyers first, the cash buyers, then identify the areas they want to be in what they want and then go find the properties for them. Yep. And um, to me, that, that just makes a lot more sense. That's awesome. That's that whole Memphis invest model, right? That's his, I believe a company he's a, he's associated with his family or something. He's R R E W W real estate uh, worldwide. Gotcha. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a, he does a lot with that with that training and stuff. So so that's yeah, good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's totally good. Is that the uh, so is the approach? I'm just trying to understand logistically here. Do you go into a home as a realtor and downshift to like, hey, this isn't going to make sense for me to list? Maybe deferred maintenance, whatever the problem. And then, oh, we also have this solution. Yeah. Is that is that kind of the, so, the model? So so here's something really cool that a lot of people don't realize yet is um, there, there's, there's three three large companies out there right now. That do iBuyer, um, yep. Zillow, uh, Offer, what's you want? OfferPad, just three. I can't remember the top three. Open now. Door. There's three really, really big ones. What did you say? Open Door. Open Door, sorry. Yeah, yep. Open Door, Zillow, and then uh, the last one, I can't remember right now. Okay. But what EXP is rolling out a platform called Express Offers. Okay. And essentially, they're going to be offering a very similar service through a brokerage. So in my mind, it's a tool. It's just another tool yeah. in my tool belt so that when I show up for, to meet with somebody, if, if it's the kind of house that I know I can't just go throw on the MLS, then I have that tool available to yeah. them. And the cool thing now with EXP is I can do it right through my brokerage. I can I go through all the disclosures with them and I say, okay, if you're interested, here's a link, go in there. Fill all that out, put in your information, and we will generate an offer for you. Now I don't have to go now try to find cash buyers and things like that. So it's yeah. really, really cool. So yeah. that's something that's coming coming down the road. So I'm actually in the process right now of getting certified to be an express offers agent. I'm doing it actually right now. I was I spent about 30 minutes studying this morning. So um, I'm excited about that. Do you feel like the sales is the sales process or the techniques you're using in your business? Is it different with that kind of an offer? Do you have to adjust Absolutely. your approach? Okay. Um, I mean, I would. I, I, it depends who I'm talking to, okay. right? Um, it, you know, I'm talking to a, a seller who has a, a you know a five hundred thousand dollar house, and they're looking to downsize, and they want to get into a con. That, that's not a conversation we're going to be having, right? Sure. Somebody registers for a home evaluation on my website, and you know their home's worth one hundred eighty thousand. I take a look at it. They need a kitchen, bathrooms, a roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. somebody that that may be a better option for, right? right or somebody yeah. they're behind on their mortgage four months and you know they want to avoid foreclosure, they still got some equity in their house. Yeah, that's somebody that we're gonna talk. It's the same thing as when sure. I was doing short sales. Yep. Same thing as REOs. So I, I want to come in and um, I'm an advisor. You know what? Here's based on your situation, here are the options. Yeah. And you know, that might not, it's probably not the right option for a lot of people. Same thing yep. with wholesaling. Wholesaling is not, so right now I've got about seven or eight wholesaling potential people. Um, the one thing I didn't expect with wholesaling is it, it, the process is just like anything else. There's a lot of follow-up involved. Yeah. There's a lot of nurturing involved. There's a, yep. so, you know, I've got about seven or eight people that have homes that are just kind of watching the market right now. Yeah. And I think at some point they'll pull the trigger and, and they're going to call me, whether it's to do a wholesale or some of them, we just put it on the market. Sure. It makes more sense for them to put it on the market and and we'll market it through the MLS and we'll get them a, more yeah. money because yeah. the house warrants that. Yep. You mentioned earlier, and I wanted to say, I might be crazy, but this is what I think is going to happen. You are not crazy. I've talked to a lot of folks, a lot of smart guys like you who've been around for a while. I have yet to find anybody who's been in this industry for any length of time that doesn't 100% think we're heading for a correction of some kind, a downturn. Yeah. 
Some people swear it's going to be worse than 08. Some people swear it's not going to be as bad, but everyone agrees something's happening. So I think you're totally right. And I think, you know, people ask me a lot, like, how, how's the market? How's real estate? It's like, it's, it's great. It's just, you have to know what, what phase, what, what cycle of the market you're in and adjust to it. And if like you just said, right, every, when you got in and, and over the years, you just adjusted, you went from doing, you know, short sales to this, to pre-foreclosures, whatever, like you just change with, you move with the cheese, so to speak, right? Like you change based off yeah. of what the conditions are and there's nothing, the market is not neither, it's neither good nor bad. It's just what it is. And if you have to make the adjustments. So yeah, I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, let's talk about, we mentioned your book, the sales playbook. And like we said, you know, accountability, as you listen to this, he said he'd have a back on Amazon. So you can go and check that out and grab that book. Um, the I other, love it. I love it, the, the other thing is your, uh, the path to mastery podcast. Uh, we chatted for a minute before we hopped on here live. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, I'm, I'm a Gary V fan. I, I spoke at agent 2021, by the way, I was there. I spoke, oh, wow. um, is that, you know, you, you showed up there and, and through some series of events, you got Gary on your podcast, which was total. I wasn't able to finagle that. So hats off to you, man. I, I appreciate the, the, uh, the, the hustle on that one. Uh, but you've had some big guests on there. Why did you start the podcast? What, what was the, the reason behind that? And, and what if, how's that, you know, that experience been for you? Um, yeah, it's been amazing, man. It, the podcast has, uh, has been awesome. You know, Gary, uh, yeah, having Gary on was a big goal of mine. So I followed him around for a while. <laughs> I think it's episode. I was trying to find out what, I don't remember what episode it is. It's, yeah, I just looked, I closed remember, it out. I think I it don't might even... be episode 113. Okay. It's either, I think, no, I'm sorry. Episode 121 is okay. the episode that will tell you how I got Gary on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the po I love the podcast. It's been fun. The reason I started it was because I wanted to promote this thing. Um, this book and okay. I thought, Hey, that'd be a great way to do that. And then, and honestly, I ended up falling in love with podcasting and <laughs> it's, uh, it's just been amazing. It's opened yeah. up a lot of doors. It's created a lot of relationships. Like I said, I have Mel Robbins phone number. I have Chris Voss's phone number. Chris Voss has been on twice. Yep. Um, never split the difference. John right? yeah. 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 His, yep. his, his stuff is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I still use a quote of Chris Voss's every day and, uh, in, in, uh, for your listeners, we got to slow down to speed up. I say, I swear to God, I say that every day. At Explain some, at some that. Capacity. What does that mean? We have to slow down to speed up. Man, it's just life. I think just in life, you, you know, I think I'm always going so fast, man. Rushing here, <laughs> yeah. rushing there. I got I to rush to get this email out. So I, I rush to get it out. And then I, I make an error in the email or yeah. grammatical or something doesn't go right. So then the email bombs, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or I'm rushing to get to here so that I can make sure I get on time to where I'm going, but I get pulled over. You know, it's just all these little things. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm rushing through my house so I don't get to spend any time and be present with my kids in the morning while they're getting ready to, for school. Cause I got to rush up to get to my office so that I make sure I, I get my studying in for the, you know, yeah. you know that's life. I think like we're rushing. No, I'm assuming for myself and I yeah. think a lot of people will relate, but it's almost like I'm rushing to life through life to get to what's next. Like yep. it's always about like, what's next. Like, this is where I got to get, this is where, this is where I'm up to yeah. instead of just slowing down and, and, um, and being present, you know? And I think, to slow down to speed up is it's all those areas, man. Yeah. I just, I love that quote. It's something that I seriously say almost on a daily basis. I mean, not every day, but 
couple times a week, I'll, I'll remember that quote from Chris. Yeah. Chris shared that with me. I love it. Had a meeting today with some folks on my team and, and we had a very similar conversation, which was me saying, I have to quit saying yes to everything. I need to mm. slow down. I need to start prioritizing. I'm doing too much and nothing is being done at a high level. So I need to, I need to remember that quote myself. And like I said, it was very yeah. timely because I just had this conversation with my team and said, you guys have to help me keep me accountable. I'm not starting any more businesses for a while. Like I've got to, yeah. I've got to focus a little bit. So man, listen, it, it is, I'm not going to take up your whole day. I really appreciate you taking the time. I love talking to folks because listen, sales is your thing and sales permeates every bit of our life, not just business, any business you're in, life itself, um, and the messages of, of slowing down to speed up. It, it's so important, especially for entrepreneurs. Like, I don't care what industry you're in. If you're an entrepreneur, you run your business, whatever, that mean, that should speak to you because I can almost guarantee you're running around like crazy trying to do things and, and you're making mistakes and you need to slow down a little bit. So people go and get the sales playbook on Amazon. It is currently there waiting for you. And uh, the path, to, I'm just, I'm really giving them a hard time with this book. I want to make sure it's yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's, hey, you just, it's, it has to get done now. It, it has it to has get, to done. get done. done. And the Path to Mastery podcast, um, you know, all the luck on that. You've had some incredible guests and and you've not done it uh, by just like, you know, sending a, a, an email or having your assistant send an email. Like you've, you've worked your butt off to get some good people on there and that shows that you care. And that's awesome. I think it's Thank very, very yeah, cool. I appreciate that. The, you know, I, I interview so a lot. Of, I think you're going to be on, right? Why aren't we on like in the next day or so? Yeah, right? so tomorrow, I'm actually. I'm going to be on there tomorrow. Oh, so I've got I've got some sweet. huge shoes. I'm now nervous. I've got some huge shoes, but <laughs> it, it shows that you <laughs> care. You'll be fine, dude. Yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can tell you're you're gonna you're an awesome host, and I've listened to some of your episodes because you you know I interview a lot of people, and some people have podcasts. I, I rarely listen to like multiple episodes because I want to get a sense, but like I don't have tons of time. We just talked about I'm running around all the time. Sure. With you, I went and did some real deep investigation. I listened to a few episodes. I wanted to Thank hear you, what man. you were about, and and I, I loved it. I, you're great at it, and it's a great so podcast. What, what, let me ask you this then: uh, what what do you think? What did I do well? So I want to know what I did, what I, cause I'm always looking for feedback. I want to be better. What you I, did, what you did well, that struck me. I'll tell you exactly. One thing that struck me when I listened to it is you did tell stories. Like it wasn't like, you know, hello, I'm David and I have a guest on and here's my guest and, oh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. See you next time. Right. Like you, you told stories. Like I, I wasn't planning on listening to the whole story about Gary Vee. I just wanted to get the cliff notes of how you got him on but you tell a good story. So I was sitting there listening going, oh man, oh, that's awesome. And you sucked me right in with the whole story. And I, I stuck around for the whole thing because I was, it was curious. So well, telling, you, uh, telling stories is, is just great practice and anything, but you're really good at it. And it made your podcast so much more engaging than a lot of podcasts that I hear. So I, I would say, keep that up, man. That. The stories are great. Boy, if there's one thing I can do better, what would you say it would be? Some of it wasn't your fault because you were you were hustling to get Gary V on, but I'm I'm a big audio guy. I'm huge on audio. I think I've listened to podcasts before where they they were in it, they were clearly in their element. They weren't on location trying to get an interview from somebody huge, and their audio was horrible. And I just turned it off because I can't listen to bad audio. Um, sure. So in the ones that I listen to, you happen to be kind of like on the move and getting someone who probably was next to impossible to get. And the I get it on a cell phone. Yeah. yeah, you can't go. Hey, if you don't have a microphone or a good mic, I'm not going <laughs> to interview you. Right? Like you do what you sure. can do. So the ones I listen to it's not a great representation because you were, you were hustling to get somebody huge. Um, but that's always Fair a big enough. thing for me is, is audio quality is always a big deal for me. 
Okay. I'll tell you one thing I'm always focused on is, is getting better at, at listening and asking questions. And, and what I'll do is I'll listen to my podcast after, and then I'll, I'll listen to it from a perspective of, of, of a listener. And then whenever I think I want to know the answer to that, I need to like, if I didn't ask the question, I missed something. Right. So when somebody makes a comment and my first thought is, I want to know the answer. Now, did I ask a question? Like, yeah. tell me more about that. Yeah. And, and it, it, it doesn't happen all the time, but it still happens. And yeah. That, to me, that's, that's mastery. Yep. That's the next level where none of those things ever, ever get through. totally. And, and I think, you know, and now we're like getting into the art of podcasting here. So I don't know if we're losing people, but I don't care. It's a good, good conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, no, no, man. I think it's good. I, I would cut it off. I didn't, but so I think you're right. Sometimes people are so ready to ask the next question. They're not listening to the answer they're getting. And if mm-hmm. they listen to the answer they're getting, they would realize intuitively that there is a follow-up question that you need to ask. Sometimes people throw something out there and it's like, oh, I just know the next question. And they get done with their answer and you go, that's great. And then you just go to the next thing. It's like, everyone is yeah. thinking, what about this last thing he just said? I need I more, right? Time. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it, you're right. As, an, as someone who interviews, forget interviewing for a minute. If you're in sales and you're in someone's home and you're talking to them about their house and listing it or buying it, and you just know what you're trying to get out of them and you're just fire, you're not listening, you're going to miss it. Sometimes people will tell you what the pain point is and what they really want help with. And it's not always the yeah. cost or what you're ever going to offer them for their house. It could be something else. But if you're not actively listening to them, you could miss the sale because you're not paying attention. You're not engaged 100%. in what they're saying. So it's a good life lesson, man. Forget podcasting. It's just good in life. Your kids, your wife, like listen to what they're saying. Like slow down, right? Slow down. Don't worry about what your next agenda is. Listen to what's happening in front of you. So I Amen. love it. Yeah. And doing this has made me better at sales. It really has even, it's even brought my game up a little bit Yeah, uh, or maybe a lot of it. Yep. Yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah, so. I can understand how that could be, man. Well, listen, you're awesome. Tons of good stuff here. And you've obviously got tons of knowledge. You've been doing this a long time. Great salesperson. You've, we haven't even hit all of your accomplishments, but uh, I touched on them. And when I introduced you in the beginning, um, best of luck to you and in, in, in going forward and everything you're doing. I know you'll be great when you get that wholesaling arm going. I, I'm sure you'll be awesome at that. Continued success in all you're doing. Good luck on these huge guests that you're able to get. Thank you. And one final question. What's level jumping? Level jumping. Good. I'll explain that in detail to you when I'm on your show. But level jumping is the book I wrote. And it has to do with how do you... People talk about going to the next level, right? I'm going to take my business to the next level. And Mm. I think you can sometimes go to the next level on your own. But for me, surrounding myself with the right people, surrounding myself with people whose game is a little beyond mine and and understanding what did they do. You know, a few years back, I really started being focused on, you know, the five, you know, you're the average of the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. I started surrounding myself with a higher classification of, of, of business people and just people in general. And so by talking to them about what they did in their business to get where they are, the things they did right and the things they did wrong, I was able to not just go to the next level, but I was able to what I call level jump. I skipped levels. You know, when you were a kid and you'd go up the stairs and you'd go two at a time to get up faster. That's what I think you can do in business. If you surround yourself with the right people and ask the right questions, you can skip levels. You can actually go from here. You don't have to go to the next level, go to the next, next level. And that's what I think people can and should be doing in their business. Well, I look forward to having that conversation. Um, And I am going to repurpose this episode. So that's why I asked you that. So how do people get a copy of this book? 
They can go right to Amazon, man. My book's on Amazon right now. I oh, self-published right man. from the beginning. <laughs> Good for you. Not to rub it That's in. Awesome. No. Yeah, I went That's right awesome. from the beginning. I went to Amazon. So they can go there and get it. I think I'm going to give your folks when I'm on, if you're okay with it, I'm going to give them a way they can get that book for free even. So awesome. uh, we'll talk about that when I when I do your show. But man, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Continued yeah. success in all you do. And I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. All right, Bo. All thanks. right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that interview. I had a good time bringing it to you. David's a good guy. Uh, Go check out his book. Go grab that. Sales training is not a luxury, guys. All industries rely on good sales techniques, good good sales strategy, and having effective sales in-house. And if you do not think your team is performing at the highest level, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to them, and you owe it to your company to go out there and make them better salespeople because sales is really where it's at. Go check out his book, guys. I hope you enjoyed this uh, interview. I enjoyed bringing it to you. But listen, it all boils down to you and what are you going to do? You're going to get started. Are you going to build that business? Are you going to go out and take your sales team to the next level by taking David's advice, going and grabbing his book? Or are you just going to be settling for what you have now? I don't think settling for what you have now is necessarily the right move for you. If you're listening to this, I suspect you want more out of life. Go get it. Even if you have a business, there's no time like the present to get better and dial in your sales. So go check it out, guys. But ultimately, start. Just go out there and get some forward momentum. Get some action taken. Take some action. Make that needle move. Get out there and make today the best day. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. You're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just start to the number 55444 so text just start to 55444 I will send you a free digital download of my book it's the complete book there's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me and I really really appreciate it guys so I want to do something nice for you I do this every once in a while at the end of shows and if you listen to the very end every once in a while I do a giveaway like this so hopefully you enjoy that go grab a free copy I hope you read it I hope you love it reach out let me know what you think all right guys talk to you next time